Welcome to the Amazing Grace Podcast show with Tamala Coleman. We pray that you will be inspired, blessed, and encouraged by what you hear weekly as you tune into Amazing Grace on the Faith Broadcast. Now your host, Tamala Coleman. I am so excited to bring on special guests to speak about their trials, their struggles, their deliverance, and their breakthroughs. I am truly, truly honored to bring shows that will change and inspire you each and every week. So, listeners, tonight, I have an amazing, beautiful woman on the show tonight. She is what I want to call a miracle, a woman of destiny, a woman of strength, and a woman who has an amazing deliverance testimony. And if I may add, a woman of faith. She is also a cancer survivor, and she is called the hair doctor. She is the member of Calabaya, Calabaya, and survivor of three brain surgeries. My God, my God. After a grueling fight to recover, Sean is driven to raise awareness and to help other survivors and their families win their fight against brain injury, brain disease, and brain disorders. I tell you, listeners, you are in for a treat and a blessing on tonight. And I must say, I am so honored to have this wonderful woman of God with me in the midst with me today on the show. So without further ado, allow me to introduce my guest, this beautiful woman of God, Miss Sean L. Brown. How are you doing today, Miss Brown? I'm almost scared. I don't know that I can live up to all of that. <laughs> oh, you are just amazing. You know what? I get it all the time, but you know I don't mind boosting on my guests because you are a woman of God. You're an amazing miracle. And I just can't help it. You know, I just can't help it. God is just an awesome God. I tell you, he's an awesome God. And I just cannot wait to hear just how he's been working in your life. And I'm just, you know what, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm going to try to hold it together. I'm really going to try to hold it together this evening because you are just amazing. Woo! And I must tell you, God loves you. Oh, my God. He just, I tell you. I tell you, you know what, I'm just going to let you go on and just tell it. Give your testimony. Just tell us who Sean L. Brown is. Wow, gosh. It's so um, vast, you know, and God is so big. Um, First, let me say thank you for having me on the show and giving me this opportunity to share what God has done. Um, You know, a lot of what you said is true. I am a a survivor of three brain injuries. I am a two-time cancer survivor. Um, I am the hair doctor, now retired, and um, starting a new platform where God is moving me. So I guess I don't even know where to begin. I, I, I Can you do me this favor? 
Mm-hmm. What is after learning about me? What was the thing that you most wanted to know about me? Because my story is so big. I, I know I, that question is rough. So you I clearly you understand. <laughs> you know, there's <laughs> always a story. Everybody has a there's a story behind the story. Absolutely, there's a Absolutely. story behind the story. So you know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. you are a woman of faith. If you just tell us your faith story as you went through the challenges with. You know, how did it all start? Where did it start mm-hmm. with the cancer and the, the brain, you know, the brain surgeries and the injury? You know, what happened? What was the story behind the story? Mm-hmm. Can I, I, I really want to start from the beginning because you asked my faith story. Oh, come on now, And yes. what's really in, interesting is um, in 1997, I given my life to Christ. Um, and I don't come to Christ. I wouldn't say that I came to him um, like, oh, I really, you know, humbly am coming to you, Lord. I wanted to, It wasn't like that. My faith story didn't look like that. Mine looked like we had moved into this new house. I was a newlywed. I had all of these things because I grew up believing that once you got the house, the car, the husband, um, and the kids and all that, that that was life. Right, so I had all that, but something was not settling with me. Um, there was an anxiousness in my spirit, and I was like, you know, I went to church when I was a kid. I was baptized. You know, faith was a big part of my grandmother, and I'm like, that's it. We ought to go to church. So my husband and I came to church, and I give my life to Christ. And shortly after that, I started hearing. And um, or I started praying. I won't say hearing, but I started saying, "Lord, make me a living, breathing testimony of Your goodness, grace, and mercy." And I would pray that every day. Now, you know, I was baptized and saved and all that, and I and that I knew, but I didn't know anything really about Jesus, and I didn't know anything about prayer and words. I just was praying what was in my heart. Well, um. Shortly after I get married, I get pregnant, and I'm very excited about um, having a baby, um, but I end up having a premature birth at about 29 weeks. I have eclampsia. Um, My son almost dies. I almost die. I'm in the hospital for months. I have an infection, and my stomach is left open to close from the inside out. And the first book of the Bible I ever read during this season is Job. Mm. Now, remember, I prayed, make me a living, breathing testimony of your goodness, grace, and mercy. And then the first book of the Bible I ever read is Job. And before I get out of the hospital, what I read in that last chapter was that God blessed the second half of Job's life far greater than he did the first. So that got etched into my spirit. And I I was in a tough time. I mean, I was losing my home. Uh, My son was born two pounds, and he was sick. He had an infection in his bloodstream. I had an infection that left my stomach open down to the fascia for six months. Um, We were in some pretty desperate times. So I said, okay, if I can hold on to through this, there's a second half coming, and God will bless me. And I held on to it. So fast forward, I open up a business, and we make it through that. I open up a business, and it is going really well, and I'm diagnosed with two separate conditions in my brain. Mm. 
one's a tumor and the other is a um a condition a rare condition called Arnold Chiari malformation. And um I'm told that I cannot survive um with either condition that the Chiari malformation is so bad that my brain is about to fall onto my esophagus and I wouldn't even be able to tell someone to call am- call an ambulance for me. So I have these two brain surgeries eight weeks apart. The second brain surgery was about 12 hours long. Um, I was not expected to survive that surgery, and if I did survive, they said I'd never see or speak again or walk or anything. At best, I'd be a vegetable. Um, According to my aunt, who's no longer with us, when the doctors got down to the tumor, it fell out on its own. And I have to believe today that that was God because I was able to learn how to walk, talk. I had lost the vision in my right eye, most of it, and I've gotten almost full vision back. Um Six months after, and I'm going pretty quickly because the testimony is long. So six months after, I find out after having a grand mal seizure at home that I need a third surgery in my brain. So on my son's birthday that year, I had the third brain surgery. And I'm already in a wheelchair and on the walker, vacillating between the two um, I'm I'm having to literally learn what a what how things go together. I had to learn how to buy things from the store. I had to learn what things were. I had to relearn what things tasted like. Um I got agoraphobia, which was a fear of going outside. Uh I slept in the living room like squished in between a wall and a table because I was so fearful of everything and I suffered from really bad depression after. Um, They said I'd never work again. That wasn't possible. But God said differently. And um, not long after that third brain surgery, um, I read, I think it was Genesis 12, 1 through 4, The Call of Abraham. And right after I finished reading that, I got a call from Permanent Disability, and they said, you are... Um, we want to, you know, finish processing all your paperwork and everything. And he said, you're missing a paper, and I need you to fill that out so we can process it. And I said, don't worry about it because I'm going back to work. And he says, Mrs. Brown, I'm looking at your file, and it's not possible. You've had three brain surgeries. you lost your sight. You can't. I said, I'm going back to work. And he said, Mrs. Brown, is there a decision maker home? And I said, (laughs) I'm going back to work. So he hangs up and he calls me back and he says, Mrs. Brown, I think you're confused and I really need to talk to a decision maker. And I said, "Um, if you submit that paperwork and it goes through, then I know that God doesn't want me, that this is what God has for me. But if it doesn't, then I know that I need to press forward in what God is showing me. Well, the paperwork doesn't go through. That had that third brain surgery October 17th, and in fact, around February 21st, I was standing behind my chair again. 
And um, by September, I was the hair doctor on Good Day Sacramento. Mm. And my life flipped upside down. I mean, it just turned around. It was it was a lot of work, and it was really hard. And um, I had to file bankruptcy, and you know, it was a process. I I finished um, five years behind, you know, owning the salon. My staff walked out on me, um, stole 70% of my business. Um, it was like a really challenging time, but God was breaking some things, and he was moving me into a different place and teaching me a new a new thing about him. You know, you have to remember it was only 1997 where I really come to the Lord. This is about a 10-year, I'm at the 10-year mark now. And um, the irony is I had um, gone into a lay counseling program at my church. And um, the first, um, when we, we started the program, we had to go through this intense training. And um, I was doing some homework. And I heard God say to me, um, very, very clearly, too, I, I heard him ask me if he took everything away from me, everything, health, husband, kids, money, everything, would I, would I still love him? Mm-hmm. And I said, no, no. And I could feel my anger. Like I could feel a hardness in my heart. I'm like, I wouldn't. Um, and then it was just like quiet for a minute. And then I said, but I want to, I want to love you like that. And from 2007 to 2018, in between those years, I would become very successful as a hair doctor. I would earn in an eight day period, like $15,000. It was amazing. But mixed in with that, was a very irresponsible husband um, trying to recover from the effects of brain surgeries, tremendous amount of stress, living with my mom. Um, I lost my father-in-law. I lost my both my grandmothers who were really like parents to me. I lost in a, a four-day period. Um, I was diagnosed with a rare cancer and had to have a surgery that was really excruciating. My husband and I separated. Um, I'm still working. I'm taking no time off in between these things that are happening. I'm just going and going and going. And then a good friend of mine dies of leukemia. And shortly after that, I'm diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. And I'm told that the cancer is rare and it's aggressive. It's so aggressive that when I'm diagnosed, I'm diagnosed in, I'd say, um, end of February maybe, and within weeks, it's growing. So when I'm originally diagnosed, I'm like 1.7 centimeters, something like that. Um, and by the time 
I have made a decision. I'm at like three centimeters, so it's like fast. And cancer is not something that grows like that. So I have to make decisions really fast. And um, I didn't want to do chemotherapy, and they were putting me on this aggressive um, experimental chemotherapy, and at the last minute I decided I don't want to do that. I'm going to go ahead and have double mastectomy and reconstruction and no chemotherapy. Well, while I, I, nobody wants that, my doctors are against it, but I'm like, you know, I've been through some stuff, right? I've seen God do some things, and I'm going to make my own decision. So I did, and I have the surgery. It ends up being a 25-hour surgery over a two-day, over over like a day-and-a-half period. And when I wake up, I can't see. And the right um, breast reconstruction was a failure. And I am in a lot of pain, like excruciating pain. And um, I go through an experience, gosh, I'm, I knew that God would want me to tell this. I had, and I've told it to close friends and family. I've never told it on this level where, you know, I can't control who hears it. Okay, Lord. Oh. Yes, God. Oh. Yes, God. Okay. Whew. Yes, God. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Uh, um, after I wake up from the surgery, I can't see, and I'm in ICU. And there's no one, no, my family isn't there. Um, And I feel like something's wrong, something's really wrong. But I'm afraid to tell anyone. I'm afraid to tell a nurse. and And I can't see. So I'm just hoping that somebody will come from my family that I can tell. I need some help. And... Uh, the nurse brings the phone in, and my husband's on the phone. And, and at the time, you know, I'm not seeing everything that he's going through from his perspective. We have two kids in school, and he's trying to work, and, and he's on the phone, and he's irritated. And, and I'm like, um, when are you coming here? And he's like, well, I've been there all night. I've got this to do. And, and I'm feeling even more. I can feel, even as I'm telling the story, I feel the anxiousness in the moment. But I don't want to tell him over the phone, so I'm just hoping that he's going to arrive in time. And so we get off the phone, and I lay there, and I'm just laying there. And um, I don't know how much time goes by, but I I start to see a picture in my mind. And I can feel the atmosphere. It's warm, and it's perfect, and it's pretty, and it's like the most beautiful colors, and it's like you're Sitting, I'm sitting by myself. I don't see any other people or anything. It's just like me in the most perfect setting and weather. And I can remember saying to myself, oh, this is what it feels like to die. So if I just let go, I end up here. And as soon as I have that impression and thought, it goes black and white and it's freezing. And I see a black and white image pass by of my husband, then my mother, and then individually my two children. And then I hear in my spirit, 
they can get to me without, no, I want to be be accurate. Mm -hmm. What I hear is you can come home if you want to. And they will eventually get to me, but it will be harder. Mm-hmm. And after that, it was nothing. I didn't see anything. I didn't hear anything. And the next thing I hear is the nurse. And I remember I can't see her. And she says, Mrs. Brown, I came to check on you. And I tell her, I'm dying. And she says, Oh, Mrs. Brown, you're not dying. And I tell her, I have three breaths left. And when I wake up again, there's a bunch of bags on the IV, all these added bags. And um, I don't see that nurse. I see new people, and I'm still in ICU. But the next week, when they're going to move me out of ICU, I have a different nurse, but this lady comes in, and she says, Mrs. Brown? I say, yes. And she says, how are you? And I said, I'm good. And the other nurse comes in at the same time, and the lady, that the new lady says, Mrs. Brown was dying. And the lady says, Mrs. Brown was dying? And she says, Mrs. Brown, when you said that to me, every single nutrient that keeps your body alive was in the negative. Mm. Mm. So from there, (laughs) um, we, we, uh, we, I spend about two to three weeks in the hospital. Um, and, um, we come home from the hospital and I, go um, get ready to move, and I have to move back from Southern California to Northern California because, you know, I'm sick now. And um, now my husband doesn't have a job, and financially we're ruined, and I have, I have like, six, I think, bags hanging from me for the fluid that's draining off of me, and I go to work on a walker because I'm afraid that, I'm not going to be able to take care of my business. I have, I own a business at the time. I'm the hair doctor on Good Day Sacramento, and I am, I am, you know, I've got to make sure that everything stays afloat. So I'm trying to do all of these, all of these um, things, and my marriage is crumbling, and my health is deteriorating. And when I get to Sacramento, the people at UC Davis tell me that. I won't survive without chemotherapy, that the cancer is too aggressive, that I have to do the chemotherapy. So I start the chemotherapy in October because it took so long for the infections that I got from the mastectomy to clear up. It took from, I had the mastectomy in May, the infections didn't clear up until September. And then I started chemo at the end of September and they gave me the most, um, I guess, the strongest forms of chemo that they had. So I would go for six hours for chemo, and they did that 
I think, from the end of September to February, I mean, to January, the beginning of January. So the they call it dose-dense. Um, the amount of chemotherapy they were putting in my body in that period of time, you would usually take about a year and a half to two years. I took it between September and January. I got sores in my mouth, under my tongue, in between my teeth, down my throat, inside my chest cavity, on the bottoms of my feet. My hands turned black. Um, my feet turned black. I had burn, burning skin. Um, it was like somebody was killing. It was like you were being poisoned and you were this slow, painful death. You couldn't eat, couldn't drink, Um, just nauseous. Uh, I got neuropathy, so my feet, um, I couldn't wear shoes, just slippers. Uh, Lost my sense of taste and smell. Uh, Of course, you lose all your hair everywhere. Um, and that has taken me until that that happened in 2014, finished in 2014. It's taken me until 2019 to recover. Uh, in that time frame, my husband had an affair. And in that season of life, all I could hear God saying to me was, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. And I, I, my mentor, Dr. Ron Elmore, and, and his pastor, and he had been with me, walking with me through a lot of craziness. And he looked at me and he's like, okay, all right, what is God saying now? Because you've been through it all with him. I'm sure you can leave now. And I said, he's not telling me I can go. He's telling me to follow him. And I don't know what that means. So, of course, everybody in my life thinks I'm absolutely crazy. But I, you know, I, back to the hospital and the Job, God said he'd blessed the second half of Job's life far greater than the first. And I hadn't seen it yet. And I believed him. And I'd come so far that I I was like, this has to be getting close to the second half. Like, this has to be getting close because it's getting harder. And I I got to believe him. If I turn around now, then everything else I've been through was for nothing. Yes. Mm. So he, I keep going, and he tells me to write my husband's mistress a letter. (laughs) But not a letter like I think. It's a letter that says, hey, God loves you, and he loves me. And it doesn't matter how you got in my life. You got in my life because I was destined to tell you that God is a good father and that he loves you. And for whatever you did, let it go because he wants to do a work in and through you. So don't trip off me. I'm good. Huh? My God. <laughs> I'm like, what? My God. What? You know, when my husband, when I find out about the affair, I can't even – He doesn't even, it's like the Holy Spirit takes over and I find myself praying over him and consoling him. Now, don't get it twisted. 
there was a lot of pain, a lot of crying, a lot of anger. But in the moments when Jesus wanted to work, when God wanted to have his way, the Holy Spirit takes over and he does a thing that it wasn't me. I can't even take any credit for my own testimony because Mm -hmm. I know that God stepped in and moved me out of the way so that he could have his way and that he could get glory for this testimony. He said he'd make me a living, breathing testimony of his goodness, grace, and mercy. So in the moments when I could mess it up, he stepped in. Yes. Yes. Um, Oh, I tell you, I tell you, we just serve an awesome God, and I'm just sitting here just – in awe because I just know how great our God is, how miraculous he is. And I tell you, woman of God, woman of faith, I tell you, you really exemplify the woman, true woman of faith. Because what the enemy meant for evil, God turned it around for the good. And what the enemy meant for your downfall, he turned it around for your greatest victory. And it turned out to be your greatest victory because it's not about us. As you said, it was not about you. It's not, you don't even, you can't even take credit for your own testimony. Mm -hmm. Now that right there, that says it all. And I tell you, I really commend you woman of God for just following the walk of walk of Jesus, because that's when, when, we have struggles and we're going through things. You know, you only you not only went through a physical suffering, you went through mental suffering, mm-hmm. you went through spiritual suffering, and those things right there, a lot of people can't take it. But you stated, Oh my God. I tell you right now, all I gotta say is hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Because your strength was in God alone. And I thank you for reclaiming your freedom, woman of God. Oh, hallelujah. I tell you, when we have a relationship with Christ, he will reveal so much for us. And like you said, he said, just walk with me. Just mm-hmm. just stay with me. He's mm-hmm. always been there. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, we talk about the scripture said he will never put more on you than you can bear. You know what? That's it right there. That's the test in Mm -hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. That's the test in itself because a lot of people cannot endure the the physical suffering. You know, once mm-hmm. that phys- you know, sometimes we can't even handle a toe. You know, something happens on our toe, a little pinky toe. You know, and we're just all up in a ruckus because of a little pinky toe ache or something. Mm-hmm. But you, I tell you right now, woman of God, God saw it coming. He knew it was going to happen before it was, but he knew he was going to bring you out too. He knew he was yeah. going to bring you out. And I thank God for you, woman of God. And I, oh my God, I'm just, I, I tell you, I'm just thanking God right now to even hear your voice on this, <laughs> on this line today. I just thank God for that. I tell you, I'm just in such, whoo, I'm just thanking God for you. Just thanking God for your faithfulness, because when we serve a faithful God, and he'll never fail us. And I thank you so much. I thank you so much. And, you know, just through your suffering, through your, you know, even just through the, the physical issues and you know, a lot of people may ask, why? Why, God? Why is this happening to me? You know, why Why me? You know, and being a, a woman of faith, you know, and as I said before, it's impossible to please God without our faith. Faith without it, we mm-hmm. can't please him, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just want to ask you, was it any time during that time? I know, you know, you know, we have these doubtful minds. We are human. But even the time you were going through that, did you ask God, why? Why was I having this? Why is this attack happening to me? Did, that, did you ask? him out oh you know did it just cross your mind god why no 
because let me tell you why. I read the book of Job first. Mm -hmm. It was the first book of the Bible I read. Mm. So I just thought that I was created for it. I don't know if that makes any sense. I didn't ask why, but I'll be honest, I got mad. (laughs) I got mad and I got hurt. And um, not even a couple weeks ago, I was so frustrated with my husband. I was like, God, I'm starting to doubt if you're even real. How much can one person take? Yeah. But that's the kind of relationship that he desires, one that's real. He's my daddy, right? Mm -hmm. So I can say, look. This is pissing me off because I'm not understanding. I'm doing everything you asked me to do. I don't get it. But then what he's, oh, in this season, this is good. In this season, what he taught me is that you're a disciple, baby. (laughs) This is the job description. So as a living, breathing testimony, you and me, our relationship is on display. And so I'm taking you through the things, and you keep being obedient to them. You get to keep walking with me, and you get to keep seeing new levels of my goodness and grace and mercy. So it's the job. Do I get mad? Sure. Do I cry? Absolutely. Do I want to quit? All the time. But am I? Absolutely not. Yes. And, you know, just listening to your testimony and the things that you, you had to endure and that you had to go through. You know, you're a strong woman of God. I hear it in your spirit um, that God has really strengthened you. And you've been a faithful woman of God, and you're sharing your testimony, sharing your faith story. Um, would you do this again? Would you do this again? Yes. My God. I love Jesus so much. He is my friend. Charles Stanley said there's three levels to this thing. Salvation is free. It costs us nothing. That's easy. Mm-hmm. Knowing him as Lord is about doing the rules, following the rules as laid out in Scripture. Knowing him as friend is the hardest thing a person will ever do. It requires giving up everything that you think you know and believe to follow something you cannot physically see. Mm-hmm. My God, my God, praise God, praise God. And, you know, one thing I do know is that God will give you beauty for your ashes. Mm-hmm. He will give you beauty for your ashes. Oh, mm-hmm. my God, woman of God, you know what? I'm so full right now. I mm-hmm. tell you, I'm just so blessed to even just be speaking with such an awesome, amazing woman. And I just speak blessings into your life. And I know God is already mm-hmm. blessing. He's going to continue to bless you because of your faithfulness. And I just want to ask you just another thing before we end the show. And I know yeah. I've already been encouraged. I've already been inspired. But if you can just give us a word of inspiration and encouragement to our listeners this evening. Yeah, absolutely. Trust him and make him your friend. Do the things that he's telling you to do. You will never regret following Jesus anywhere. He has given me my life back. He's given me purpose. He's given me meaning. He's taught me what friendship is. So if there's something missing, the place where there's the hole, 
the place where you're hardened, let that go, give it to Jesus, and watch the transformation that takes place in your life. And the motto for my, the second half of my journey is just be, baby, just be you. Yes, just be you. Just be you and trust God. You know, I always Mm -hmm. say that. You know, we have to trust him. We have to trust him. We have to believe that God, even though this may seem like it's it's a horrible thing, a horrible suffering, but God, Jesus suffered. He suffered. Absolutely. We have to understand that in Christ, when we're in Christ, we're going to suffer. We're going to suffer. But there's great victory. There's great victory. And woman of God, you are victorious. You are victorious. And I thank you so much, Sean, for your testimony, for your deliverance story. And I pray that God will continue to bless you to be a blessing to others. And you are going to continue to share your faith story. Don't stop. Don't stop here. Continue to share your story because there's so many women, so many men, so many. Oh, the the world just needs to hear your faith story. And I pray that God will continue to bless you. Yes, they are. Praise God. Hallelujah. Live on the After Party Radio Network. Okay, let's repeat that again because they got to hear this. Lessons from the Journey Live on the After Party Radio Network coming April 28th. And if you're in the Sacramento area, Lessons from the Journey Live is going to meet full circle on 97.5 FM Radio, KDEE. Wow. Praise God. Praise God. See what I'm talking about? This is reaching the masses. It's going to reach the masses, woman of God. And I thank you so, so very much. You have truly, truly blessed me. And I know that you've blessed my listeners this evening. And I pray you will continue, continue to just walk in the faithfulness of God. Bless you, woman of God. And listeners, I pray that you have been blessed this evening. Oh, my God. I have been blessed. I have been truly inspired. And if you need a word this evening, I want you to know that God loves you, and all you need to do is trust him. Thank you, Jesus. Trust the God, the awesome God, the miraculous God. I thank you so much for tuning in, and I pray that you all will have Have a blessed, blessed day. And as I always say on this show, don't just count your blessings, but be the blessing you want others to see. Until next time, everyone have a good night and God bless.